0: Hello and welcome to The Activist Podcast, brought to you by Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals. I'm your host, Garisker, and I will be joined by my wonderful co-host and wife, Jackie Norman. In this episode, we have the amazing Dr. Michael Clapper. Dr. Clapper is well known throughout the plant-based movement for his appearance in many documentaries such as Seaspiracy, What the Health, and The End of Meat. Dr. Michael Clapper works tirelessly to educate the medical profession and the general public about the importance of taking animals off our plate. Not only is he an advocate for health, but an advocate for the animals. As you'll hear in this interview, his compassion for the animals radiates in the way he talks on these issues. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did, and be sure to check out our social media pages at VeganFTA on Instagram Facebook, and YouTube, where you can also find the series in video format. Um, I must say, I've never been so excited for a doctor's visit before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No rectal exam this time, so relax. It's okay. It's a joy to be with you and your viewers. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Thanks for inviting me.
2: I can imagine that uh, you have had (laughs) countless conversations over the years, and um, we were literally just last night watching your film, um, A diet for all reasons. Oh my. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it was fantastic. You know, we've never, for anyone who hasn't seen it before, it, we were just blown away the fact that it's, what, it's 30 years old now, I think roughly, and all the information that you talked about still stands. Everything is so relevant. It hasn't changed. Um, you know, it's, it's fantastic, and so much information all in one place. Anyone that wants to know, you know, what what meat and dairy do to our bodies should really, you know, look that up even now because it's just so relevant. And it it really brought it home to us just how long you have been fighting and working, dedicating your life to getting this information out there to educate us all about our health and also the doctors of the future. And I'm so glad to hear that because just yesterday, Gareth and I were saying, Dr. Clapper has to stay on this planet forever. Um, (laughs) Okay. Could you tell us a little about what you've been doing to help, you know, educate of the future?
1: Well, uh, thank you for asking. For uh, f- from 2009 to 2017, for eight years, I was on the staff at uh, True North Coal Center in Northern California. And saw nutritional medicine done right. Patient after patient, we get them on a whole food plant-based diet, and wonderful things would happen. <clears throat> their obesity starts to melt away. Uh, with there's lots of soups and salads and greens and veggies, you know, good solid plant-based foods. They they start getting leaner. Their their arteries open up. Their high blood pressure comes down. Their insulin receptors clear out. Their diabetes goes away. The psor- psoriasis plaques on their skin clear up. Uh, the um, their asthmatic lungs stop wheezing so much. Their headaches, their migraine headaches get better. They turn into normal, healthy people right in front of your eyes, <clears throat> and uh, that's the fun of of lifestyle medicine, of nutritionally based medicine. See your patients get healthy. Yeah? What more can a physician want for their patients? And as I said, I did it for eight patient- eight years. Saw hundreds and hundreds of patients. Uh, It's very gratifying, but in 2017, it became painfully obvious to me that, uh, Doc, as much as you enjoy this, it's too slow seeing patients one at a time retail here. There's a bigger uh, stage we have to play on here to really get medicine to change. Why am I having to introduce this nutritional, powerful tool as some uh, revolutionary secret uh, kind of therapy. Every doctor should know about this, and why don't they? What What is the problem? If there was a, if there was a some drug that would cure heart failure or lower high blood pressure, there was a pill that did all these wonderful changes. Oh boy, we'd learn about that in pharmacology. We'd learn about it in physiology, uh, and not a word about this most powerful tool that every doctor has at their disposal. <clears throat> so I realized. The, the acupuncture point that I need to work on is not <clears throat> Excuse me. with these you know, patients in their 60s with, with all these diseases. I need to go and talk to the young medical students in their first, second, third year of medical school before pharmacosclerosis sets into their brain and they think that, that medicine is the only cure for patients. Uh, diseases. Somebody needs to tell them what I wish somebody had told me 50 years ago. It's what your patients are eating. So that's why they're sitting in front of you overweight and diabetic and hypertensive and clogged up and inflamed doctor. And before you order another $1,000 scan and another $500 set of lab tests, ask them what they ate yesterday. And if what comes back is full of of peaches and buffalo wings and and fried chicken uh, and bacon and eggs, that's then that's your answer, Doctor. Don't this is not a is some infection. This is a self-inflicted injury three times a day. Send the patient to the plant-based dietitian, let her do the counseling, let her show them the videos, let her do the the uh, take them shopping, you see them back in a month and see if they're not gonna be healthier. That's how medicine should be practiced in the 21st century. Why didn't somebody tell me that? So to get this message out because the students are hungry for this, no pun intended. They want this m- knowledge. Uh, we f- founded, I, I left True North Health Center and founded uh, our nonprofit organization called Moving Medicine Forward, uh, and the purpose is to send me around to the medical schools, I was going to say across North America, but actually around the world. I was just in the UK uh, last year. I was in Poland, I was in Lithuania, uh, and I've been, I came to... Uh, uh, to New Zealand, and I did a tour through Australia. Uh, all the doctors of the world need to know this. And, and it's not just up to me. There's uh, uh, there's organizations like the Plantrition Project and uh, Physicians uh, for, for Nutrition uh, that are networking, and thousands of doctors are waking up around the world. It's so exciting to see that the light go on in all their heads. So I'm doing what I can to... Uh, uh, to go to the medical schools and uh, help the students uh, have a nutritional awakening, so we create a new generation of doctors who know the importance of what their patients are eating. And uh, if patients, if, if your viewers want to know about our work, uh, go to my website, drclapper.com. Uh, I'm sure you'll have the website posted here. It's all spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-L-A-P-E-R.com. And click on Moving Medicine Forward, and you'll see what we're doing and, uh, and how you can help. So, uh, <clears throat> now, with the COVID uh, problem, we haven't been going physically to the medical schools, but we're putting it all online. And in July, we're starting our online course called Mastering Plant-Based Clinical Medicine. So every doctor can learn how to use this in their, in their practice. And so uh, we've got to go with the time. So um, we're going to be announcing our online course uh, on July 9th. And people will be able to enroll in around the world. And uh, hopefully we'll get the word out uh, electronically. So thank you for asking. The long answer, but it, uh, involved, involved issue there. Thank you. Well oh, that's fantastic. Well, we'll definitely look out for that. And, um, you know,
2: I've been learning, so we we were watching um, you know, Diet for Reasons last night and I didn't realise, you know, I knew you came to New Zealand last year and we just missed you. So I'm sorry. Uh,
1: right. I'll be back. I'll be there, I promise.
2: I'll be back. And I didn't realize that um you, you know, you apart from obviously having your, your knowledge about, you know, what what meat and dairy does to the body, you really had a first hand insight of you know what it does to the animals and why it's just a really bad, sad idea all around. Um, you grew up in a dairy farm. Um, would you be able to share a little about about that growing up with uh, without
1: oh sure um. Well, we're all given this image as we grow up uh, from the meat and dairy industries about happy cows out in the pasture frolicking with their little calves, and they come in uh, and give their milk because that's what cows do. And, and, we, and we don't think twice about uh, really what it takes to put that meat and cheese on the table. But uh, I spent uh, my early years, um, the summer's of my early years, on my uncle's dairy farm in northern Wisconsin. I've been milking cows since I was eight, uh, and I see the reality of, of the cruelty involved. There's no way that you can get milk or cheese on the table uh, without forcibly impregnating uh, a cow as you lock her up in the stanchion. After she give, carries the baby for nine months and gives birth to a 65-pound baby, uh, you take that baby away and start sucking the milk off her. Uh, the, the, the baby, the calf... Balls and for its mother, constantly the most the saddest sound you ever heard. Uh, uh, There's a baby been separated from its mother, and how the mother responds with these heartrending bellows from the depths of her soul, hour after hour. She's locked up in the stanchion so she can't get at the baby. The baby's in a veal pen about 15 yards away, and they're calling to each other. Hour after hour, day after day, it goes on. Most heartrending bellows uh, for four, five, six days, and and the cruelty inherent uh, in in dairying is is evident. I can still hear those sounds echoing in my brain. And people think, well, you don't have to kill the calf. The calves are all killed. The if there's a male calf, they're killed at 16 weeks reveal. If the female calves are turned into four-legged milk pumps like their mother, uh, and after four or five years of calves and milk, their milk production goes down to the slaughterhouse uh, where they're uh, turned into ground beef and hamburger. And um, people need to know when they go into their favorite burger restaurant and they eat that Big Mac or that Burger King Whopper, they're eating ground up old dairy cows. That, that's the end of the cycle. The dairy industry is a slaughter industry. Let's call it for what it is. The dairy barn is a short stopping off place on the way to the slaughterhouse for a few years of calves and milk. Uh, But uh, the dairy industry is a slaughter industry. And uh, that that reality needs to come out. Plus it's destroying the environment. Um, uh, New Zealand, and I lived there for three years uh, up in Whangarei and right in the middle of the dairy country up there. And uh, I know New Zealand is proud of their, their clean green image, but the truth is, the rivers of New Zealand are running with cow manure and, and fertilizer, and, uh, and uh, your wonderful country's kind of sold its environment to the dairy industry and the logging industries. And, and they play hand in hand because uh, as you cut the trees off the mountainside, you make grazing land to grow to put more cattle out to the pasture there. Uh, <coughs> This and needless to say, you know, meat itself. Of course, you've got to kill the animal. I chop the heads off chickens. I saw the uh, the bull shot in the head. I saw the cruelty involved in any meat production, any dairy production. We have to stop kidding ourselves. I have a shirt that says, "Welcome to camp. Stop kidding yourself." Uh, and when it comes to uh, the, the lectures that we're doing, so. Um, so so that's just the truth, though. And you've got to hurt it all if it matters. These these animals love their lives as much as you and I do. And, and to treat them as commodities, to put 8,000 hogs in a confined feeding operation, uh, to put 100,000 chickens in the shed the size of a football pitch, uh, and they're coughing on each other, are trading viruses. The next COVID virus is being... Having, percolated right now in the immune systems of all these cows and pigs and chickens that are swapping viruses. The next one's gonna be more lethal than the current COVID-19 we're dealing with. It's, these these virus pandemics, they're, they're all telegrams from the animals uh, saying stop treating us like commodities, stop eating us, we are not your food, and stop you know creating us by the millions. For slaughter, you're, you're breeding disease that is coming out and jumping on you as well as clogging your arteries and destroying your children's futures. Um, all the way around, the the, light, the red lights are flashing, saying the era of eating animals is over. No matter what the mighty hunter myth played in, in our mythology, though it's time to turn that page. We've used that up. We've used fishing we're strip mining the seas we've used it up already the message the animals are giving us the virus is giving us the environment is giving us the global warming is, giving us, is that it's time homo sapiens to honor your anatomy and adopt a whole food plant-based diet you will you will thrive you'll be healthy the earth will heal the animal suffering will stop see that the age of animal eating is over make that transition gracefully and help the farmers and the ranchers transition they're not the enemy but pay them to to do something else with the land you don't have to run cows on it you can grow broccoli you can grow industrial hemp you can pay them to let the forest come back you can do something else with that land and help these folks send their kids to college uh, buy their seeds for them ensure their crops for them. make it easy to make this transition, that shouldn't be a us and them conflict, but if we see that what the, uh, what the message is and we open our hearts, we get healthier, the earth get healthier, the suffering stops, the, the plant-based message is really what this is all about, and that's why this, this podcast is so important. Uh, it's a matter of education uh, of the public to make it acceptable. Uh, to To evolve to plant-based diets and you're two healthy people who've done it so you look just wonderful and, and you set a great example for your, uh, your kiwi colleagues there. Well mm-hmm. hopefully
0: we can. I mean, um, yeah, New Zealand is definitely a green country And um, but as you say it's a uh, cow manure green it's not clean green. But um, So yeah in this series um, what we hope to do for people is to give them the tools in order to you know bring about change and in different ways and although the the dire plight of the animals is a very you know it's such a sad horrible thing going on unfortunately we've got people out there who just they don't respond to it they don't care they see the dollar signs in in front of lives and that's all that they care about so what i'd like to know is how do you come from you know there being a doctor in the health background go about starting a conversation for change and how can we tap into um using health as a as a As a front line, you know, for starting that conversation with somebody.
1: Oh my. Um, there's uh, s- several layers to the, to that answer, of course. if If they're talking to me by definition, they've got a health concern. And that, of course, gives the doctor an opening. Uh, for, let's get rid of your high blood pressure. Let's get rid of your diabetes. Let's get rid of that big pot belly on your abdomen there. Um, I can help you with that. Choose uh, you know, the bean chili instead of the beef chili. Everything gets better from there. Uh, but seriously, uh, you know, their health issues are, are always an opening. But more importantly, like like my friend Dr. Dean Orner says, um, fear is not a great motivator. It doesn't sustain people over the long, long run as far as, have, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to get my stroke, I'm afraid of dying, you know, which is well and true, uh, and it, it certainly gets people into my office when they get that chest pain, or they have that transient attack where they lose their speech, it gets their attention, no doubt. As far as sustaining them in the long run, um, it's rather than focusing on the, avoiding the evil calamities that may befall you, uh, to accentuate the positive, as the old song says, uh, and they f- focus on how much better they're going to feel. If you're carrying an extra 40 pounds of, of fat on your abdomen, it's like carrying a 40-pound bag of rocks with you wherever you go. Well, it's so nice when you put that 40-pound bag of rocks down and you feel so much lighter and so much more energy. And, and that is indeed what happens. The obesity melts away. But, um, uh, the, the joy of, of not taking any medications in the morning. People go through this ritual and take their statins, and their lisinoprils, and their beta blockers, and their diabetes medicines. Wouldn't you like to be free of that? And just be a healthy person. Uh, I'm 72. I don't take any medicines. I, I pedal to my 20K on my, on my bikes every morning. Um, this is what, uh, how getting older is supposed to go. You know? Wouldn't you like to do that? And so, um, so I'm finding that uh, focusing on how good people feel uh, is a more powerful motivator than uh, than uh, avoiding the, uh, the guy with the sickle there. And uh, although that sometimes is useful to refer to them as well, he's a colleague of mine as in the motivation game there. Um, so no, I mean we know, you know, as you say, we we
2: we're, we're kind of we're. we're we're taking your advice. We've been uh, we've been vegan for for three years. Uh, we've been whole food plant based no oil for coming up twelve. Um, Good I, for you.
1: You look great. Thank
2: you. I myself was uh, on blood pressure medication, um, and <laughs> within eight weeks of being whole food plant based, um, I yeah I went back to the doctor and she said you don't need to be on this anymore. And everyone said to me oh, you can't just come off it. I said there's no need for me to be on it anymore. So yeah, I yeah. Know how well that works. But for, for anyone, you know, the, um, one of the, the points of this uh, series that we're doing is you know, this is a learning place for everyone. So there's going to be a lot of new vegans, a lot of people that want to learn more about veganism um, and you know, plant-based diets watching. So in a nutshell, for anyone who hasn't seen any of the breakthrough documentaries like Forks Over Knives or What the Health, um, all of which we will make sure that you know, we, have, uh, we tell people about and they watch at the end of this, what, in a nutshell, do meat and dairy products do to our bodies, and eggs as well? They're not great.
1: So. Okay. Well, uh, I'll I'll take the liberty to make it a big nut here. Uh, so I'll give myself a big nutshell to talk about uh, 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 coconut. Uh, but when you say, you know, what do they do to you? If I can take a, a longer step back a bit here. Um, it has to do with just the truth of our anatomy. Uh, if you if you believe in evolution at all, then uh, we came up through the simian line of creatures, the April line of creatures, and our our hominid ancestors and our gorilla and bonobo cousins are up in the trees tonight eating leaves and fruit. Um, because that's what we are—we're we're plant-eating simians. That's who this, this anatomical creature is, uh, and we have fingers on our hands, not claws. We've got long intestines for dealing with fiber. We've got saliva that has starch-digesting enzymes, not protein-digesting enzymes. We're plant-eating creatures, and when we eat. A diet of whole plant foods again the gorillas are eating leaves and fruits we get to eat rice and beans and greens and lentils and, and pulses and fruits and veggies when we keep that steady stream of no uh, <coughs> excuse me high fiber whole plant foods uh, going down our gut our body thrives on it it's um uh where we pass these big soft stools uh our blood pressures go down our insulin receptors open up and and we're normally healthy hominids if we do that but the more we deviate from that the more we start to go eating the flesh of other animals uh the milk secretions of of cows uh, uh, getting into these processed foods um, it's, it perverts the food stream. It's like we had a fine sports car that was running on high test gasoline, and now we start putting in diesel fuel, kerosene, into the gas tank. Well, it's the wrong fuel, and the spark plugs are going to foul, and, and the timing gets uh, uh, off, and the gas line plugs up, and this black smoke comes out the back, and it stutters shutters to a stop. The car didn't develop a disease, it just responded to the wrong fuel. And that's what the meat and the dairy does. They, they clogs our gas, our arteries get clogged up. Um, our, instead of our spark plugs, our, our insulin receptors, our, our cellular metabolism gets inflamed and interfered with. And there we, we can spend days talking about all the various disease entities that come from this. But, I, but in my talks to the medical students, I show us a slide of the blind men and the elephant, that old fable. Uh, blind men stumble upon the elephant and each grabs a different part and describes it. They all hold the same elephant, but none of them knows what a real whole elephant really is. Well, that's the problem where where our diet has left modern medicine. Um, All the specialists are looking at the diseases from their own little cubicle and the internist sees the high blood pressure, and the cardiologist sees the clogged arteries, and the gastroenterologist sees the colitis and the Crohn's disease, and the rheumatologist sees the sore joints, and the dermatologist sees the psoriasis. They're all looking at the same disease. They have all the same elephant. It's what their patients are eating. Uh, And so when you ask, how does it affect, it affects, uh, all these diseases are just are bubbling up from this basic, transgression of natural laws that this plant-eating creature is eating the diet of the mountain lion and of the of the of the cheetah. Uh, we're, we're not carnivorous apes, no matter what the paleo folks are telling us, we're, we are we are plant-eating creatures. So um, so you know we can pick the various diseases and and in our uh, course, our online course on mastering plant-based clinical nutrition, we will will spend one night on diabetes and one night on clogged arteries, and one night on intestinal disease. We'll we'll go through all the diseases, how what animal-based diets do to them, and how plant-based diets can be used to remediate them. Uh, That's there, a whole course in itself. But to, but uh, assume that the. Uh, uh, the diet of your house cat is not the proper diet for for us, and uh, and that diet is going to lead to inflammation and cancers and, and strokes and heart attacks. And you know the red lights have been flashing for a long time. So uh, so obey natural law is this uh, you know, and, and that means loving each other too. We're creatures who got to love each other, but eat what we're supposed to be eating. Those, those whole plant foods, and uh, the body knows how to heal itself. I, I tell my patients, look, I want to see you in two places and two places only. At the natural food store, buying your tofu, and out on the bicycle path, where I'll wave at you. That's the only place I want to see you. Go live your life. You don't, you don't need to be in my office. Uh, yeah, if you break your arm, call me. Cut your, uh, your, yourself, call me. I'll, I'll, I'll sew you up. But other than that, uh, the food is the medicine. Hippocrates is right. Go, go eat healthy plant foods, and you won't need the services of people like me.
2: Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And, you know, you yourself, as you say, are just a huge testament to, to this way of eating, this way of life. And uh, as I mentioned at the start, you know, you were the one who changed with one line the way I looked at, at dairy food forever. And uh, I believe it's something like, you know, cow, cow's… It's,
1: ba- it's baby calf growth fluid. It's, it's, it's meant to turn a little baby calf into a great big cow. It's baby calf growth fluid. It's what the stuff is and everything in it is meant to blow you up in a great big And people who eat that milk and cheese and ice cream they they get all blown up from it you can recognize when they walk in the office if, if i tell people look go look in the mirror if, if you've got if you got a snout and big ears and whiskers and long tail if you're baby calf cool you know you, you enjoy your milk and cheese if, you're, if you don't have any of those things uh don't be eating baby calf milk food you have, no more need for the milk of a cow than you do the milk of a giraffe. Let, let, let the cows have it.
2: It's so true and once you know like you just can't look at
1: it the same it's like I felt really silly you know and the first thing I thought was like ew. Once you see it what do I do? <laughs> exactly. I think would you pour rat milk on your cereal? Dog milk on your cereal? What, what is this with cow milk? Huh? It's a bizarre food.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyone decide that that was a good idea or that was okay and, and you know first I felt really silly that I didn't realize this before you know and then I felt really angry thinking well why has it been till now that you know we, we've we've gone this way of, of, of eating this way of a vegan lifestyle we found you you are giving us a message and You know, why until now were other doctors that I've ever seen in my life have other companies, have other industries, um, advertisements, why have they not told us? Why until then had nobody told me and Gareth and everybody else watching that, you know, consuming animal products is a really bad idea?
1: Yes, it's profound uh, when you really give, drill down into why aren't the doctors saying it? I think there's three things um, in Western medical education, at least. One, we're not taught about nutrition, we just blow right paths. We, we practice medicine like what our patients are eating it has no effect on these diseases when actually that's the, the cause of them. Um, but we, we just blow that are too because the doctors say, listen, I got to learn chemistry and physiology and pharmacology. I don't have time to get into nutrition stuff. Let the dietitians deal with that. So they don't respect the science. They don't learn anything about it. And they're eating the same stuff themselves in the hospital cafeteria. They're eating their burgers and their pizzas. And they, when they earn money, when they get rich, just they can go out and order their steaks and their lobsters. So, But they're eating the same stuff themselves. I have to tell their patients not to eat it. But then you wind up with that sad spectacle of the doctor with the big pot belly and a a pocket full of statins and beta blockers and metformin. Uh, And what kind of example is that for a patient when you walk in the exam room? You want to show them a picture of health, uh, of how they can recover, and you want to offer them hope. But if the doctor's obese and sick, uh, then he can't offer that hope. Uh, So uh, so it's quite a... uh, quite a challenge we have, but we've been making all sorts of inroads. It's, I'm so much more hopeful than I was a few years ago. The hospitals are starting to change. The, the patients are demanding it. The The young medical students are talking about it and demanding it. Uh, in California, they, I, t- I went to Sacramento to testify before the legislature, they passed a law that every hospital that takes state money must offer a plant-based, whole food plant-based uh, choice at every meal breakfast lunch and dinner to hospitalize patients um it's so it's starting to happen but only because the public's waking up and uh and demanding it so i encourage uh, the viewers of, of this podcast to uh uh to ask, start asking what they can do in their local area when they go in the hospital hospital food should be food that promotes healing yeah
0: uh, it's one thing um like, especially for us, whilst we've been learning a lot of this stuff, to then watch, you know, your friends and your family and all these people, you know, just keep on putting this suffering into themselves, you know, causing suffering, what they're doing. I just keep on with it. And um, I, I don't know how you don't, don't lose your mind with them. But... Stop the podcast. We'd like to take a moment to give a shout out to one of our partners, the Divinity Coalition. The Divinity Research Program believes in the power of intersectional behavioral research evidence-based lifestyle change and conscious communications campaigns to support the holistic health of our planet, human and non-human animals. Head on over to theversafoundation.org to learn more. Now back to the podcast. But I do feel come up against much resistance with um, some patients. Oh,
1: for sure. For sure. And, and you, without getting all squishy on you, you really have to feel compassion and and it's not some theoretical thing because I uh, I became vegan when I was 35, uh, and so for 34 years I ate the meat and the dairy and the burgers and the hot dogs. I know what it's like to sleep that sleep to just not. And, and I saw the animals killed on the farm. I chopped the heads off chickens, and I would still eat fried chicken in my in my early 30s. And the human mind has that ability to put down that shutter. Of emotions, uh, to just pull the curtains, uh, and and we 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 become mindless when it comes. Oh, we like that that chewy, salty, uh, meaty texture in our mouth, uh, and that uh, takes precedent over over the realities of, of what we're really eating. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that I know what it's like to sleep that sleep. I'm not going to wave, uh, point my finger. If the if the 72 year old me appeared in a puff of smoke to the 25 year old me and say what are you eating that stuff for i wouldn't have wanted to hear that so um so i have compassion they're they're not bad people they're just asleep i was asleep we were all asleep and um, so all you can do is loving you You set the example when the when a tray of cheese and and meat hors d'oeuvres no thank you powerful word. And people notice. They notice what you eat. They notice how you navigate through these changes. Not an issue. I, I'm, I'm not going to sneak a little, little chicken leg when nobody's looking. I'm not going to eat a little beef ground-up cow when nobody's looking. The, that's abhorrent to me, the thought of it at this point. And so there's no willpower involved. No, I don't eat that stuff. And uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to make them feel bad. But start with yourself and the example that you set when people ask, and lovingly you tell them, no, I I, I only want to eat foods that make me healthy. I only want to eat foods that help heal the earth. I only want to eat foods that don't involve animal suffering. There's lots of reasons um, to justify when people ask, but you gotta let them ask. But don't underestimate the power that your example sets. And uh, they'll they'll ask. Uh, And it's easier these days, as you mentioned, Back when I was in the, in the, in the 1980s, uh, it was uh, a voice in the wilderness there. But what makes my work so easy now is that in every first, second, third year medical school class now, there's 30 or 40 students. They've seen films like Forks Over Knives and What the Hell, the Conspiracy. The lights on, they, they get it already, Doc. Uh, yeah, okay, I, yeah, tell me more about how to use this plant-based stuff in my practice, they, they're already there. So. Now, these movies are out online and I'm sure you'll, you'll mention them and put them on your website to your viewers now who are not familiar with them see these films if, if someone in their family is awake but their husband isn't or their kids aren't then don't get into a, a fight with them it's not about conflict but sit down saying would you like to watch this video with me just watch the video and let's just talk about it let Forks Over Knives do the talking let What the hell do the talking and then have a conversation after that watch these people get healthy by eating plant-based foods right in front of your eyes. I watched these diseases reversed in these films. Um, that's, uh, we've got it a lot easier due to wonderful films like this. And and webcasts like yours, that you're a healthy, normal-looking people, and yet you eat plants, you know? They're just who you are makes such a powerful statement that you're, you're not, you know, skinny, emaciated, uh, trembling vegans, you know? The, and, it, it's it's what we're meant to run on and uh, so again the, the example we set is so very important you're setting a great one well
0: thank you thank so you. much like well that's been testament for me with um actually my mother who is actually a huge fan of you and she's very jealous that we're talking today but um she was somebody who we rescued a lamb and Um, when we were first going vegan, uh, she was always like, mmm, mint sauce, you know, and she'd see a photo, um,
2: give give a little
0: dig, you know, and then, um, yeah, after a little bit of time, she'd just watch us and what we were eating, and then all of a sudden, she, she started watching some of the documentaries, and now she's vegan, and... I think she knows more of the plant-based doctors than she we do. She knows more about
2: you than we do. <laughs> yeah. You never
1: know. You never know who hears what. You never know who's ready. That's the beauty of this process. Uh, and it's not up to us. You know, all our job is to say their message as lovingly and clearly as possible and that, that those who have ears hear, like the Bible says. But more and more people are are opening their ears, especially the young people and the global warming and their future concerns and their concern for the animals. They're, they're, they're much easier to reach, but, he, but even the older generation, but you never know. Isn't that wonderful about your mother? Good for her. Yeah, say, to, uh, say hi to her for me. That was great. <laughs>
2: She'll be happy. We'll be in the good books. <laughs> I, <I'm laughs> I appreciate your uh, saying about setting up. Um, an example even by example because I'm, I'm I'm on the opposite end of the end of the scale and that I have two adult sons and they're, they're away living their own lives and uh, for me as a parent you know knowing what I know now I raise them in you know the belief that you need eggs for protein you've got to have calcium for strong bones and all of this and so for me to have a complete turnaround it's very hard for me to be like say them now you know look Everything that I told you was wrong. Don't listen to me. I was wrong. Your mother was wrong, you know? And, um, and of course, they're at the age at the moment that they're like, yeah, whatever, mum, you know, like, it's hard, you know, I kind of despair. I'm like, please don't put that stuff in your mouth. Um, they're fine with me eating what I eat, then, um, but they haven't got there yet. So, and it's great because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there like me that feel like they're, you know, they hate to see their loved ones feed themselves with their so-called food, and you feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall, so, um, I think that's some great advice to just leave by example, and if I try not to be too preachy and the proof will be in the pudding, I
1: think. <laughs> yes, I mean, the whole idea of science, you know, is no matter what you believed in the past, if new evidence comes along that says that your old way of looking at it was not valid, this is the way, this is the truth of it, then the honest scientist says, okay, then whatever I believe before, throw it out the window, let's, let's latch on to this newer truth, because it is the truth. And and it's an honorable thing to uh, to say you know I, I'm wiser now I see I see more and and I've changed and and that's an honorable thing to do if, if you admit it honestly because uh, your mother didn't know my mother didn't know uh, this was all uh, you know handed down to us but but now we know and and again the example you set and and again be patient you're. you're Your example is sowing seeds in them, and your sons may, yeah, whatever, mom, whatever. But the seed's been planted, and will let a couple of years go by, and things start happening. And they either have health challenges, or they notice their pants are getting tight, or they can't run as good as they used to. And, you you know, my mom was telling me, you know, and uh, the the, the seed will sprout. It might take a, a decade or so but you just set that beautiful example like you are and, and have faith that uh, the truth will emerge.
0: Thank you. So, um, in uh, one of the podcasts we listened to from you previously with um, the great Rip Aeth- um you talked about, um, it, well, the Plant Strong podcast, I'd better put that out there because people should be listening to it, it's, it's brilliant. Um, you talked about, you know, people's sacred cows, you know, their traditions, their habits, um, these things that we're clinging on to so tightly. Um, Do you have any advice for, you know, helping people let those carries out to pasture, you know, (laughs) letting go of some of those those habits and those those cultural identities, you know, like here it's dairy, unfortunately, you know. Um, Any words of advice to sort of give it a bit of a shove?
1: (laughs) Indeed. Oh, my, that's one of the tougher nuts to crack, of course, and my my granddaddy's been running cattle on this land since, since the 1800s, and uh, well, we've been running uh, dairy cows for the last six years, I'm not going to change, and I like the taste of meat in my mouth, and it's my right to do it, and it's individual choice, and there there's no end of the rationalizations, uh, But. Our bodies have something to say about it. your arteries. Got something to say about that. Your colon's got something to say about that. The earth has something to say about it. The rivers of your country have something to say about this. Um, we're all connected, uh, and your body's never not looking. <laughs> You're no yet. Your arteries know what you eat. Your liver knows what you eat, and you can't cut down the forests and pollute the rivers without the without the land knowing what you would, You know the, the truth of it all. Um, and these sacred cows, that is our right to be able to raise animals and to kill them and to eat them. Um, the, the, they say you can't keep a hat pin in a cloth bag for very long, you know, the point come, comes out there. And the, and the truth of animal eating is now so, becoming so blatant. Uh, and the, and we're, we're clear-cutting the oceans uh, as, as the fish are all disappearing, becoming evident. Um, that that era is coming to a close and so again without blaming anyone because again your mother didn't know my mother didn't know the cowboys didn't know but it, it, it's time to coax them uh, into a into a vision of a world that's sustainable that, that's loving and um, and so you got to start with the basics uh, a taste is worth a thousand words um, it, Put the food in their mouth, you know, make up a dynamite bean chili and, and, uh, and take Macho Man and give it to him with some nice, you know, dark bread and, uh, uh, and some uh, steamed veggies there. And he, he puts that chili in his mouth, and they says, oh, that's not bad. Oh, I could eat that. Oh, that's vegan food. I could eat that. You change your lives with, with, one, with one meal. And so start with the foods that I ask my patients, what do you like the best? Um, uh, chicken stir fry. Well, you can make the stir fry without the chicken, um, and it's just the seasonings and the sauces uh, that really supply the the textures of the of the grains and the pulses. That's really what supplies the satisfaction. So seduce them with the food. Talk to them about the realities of the environment, um, and if they're at all open to animals, you know, the if you love them, you don't eat them. You know, and uh, but. Uh, uh, meet them at, with, the, with whatever means the most to them. And even as the taste of their next meal, then uh, then make up a dynamite tofu lasagna and, uh, and share it with them. And uh, they find out it's, it's not such a big joke. And, uh, and as they get healthier, they'll like it even more. So it's the challenge, it's not an easy one, but no one says this life is easy. Uh, but the rewards are gonna be so great the more people we're able to bring over to the plant-based side. It's, it's the only game in town. It's the only crusade, you know, for folks like us to uh, take part in.
2: Absolutely, actually, while we've got you on the subject of uh, myth busting and, and you know, getting rid of of uh, preconceived ideas and things like that, with the uh, when you were talking to Rip, um, I heard you say that. Um, on the subject of b12 you know which is something that you see in discussions all the time and you know we're obviously in quite a lot of vegan groups and we see people say oh you need this much b12 and that much b12 and even the lady in the health store that we bought our uh, 1000 micrograms of b12 off that you know we're supposed to have one tablet every day um i was really surprised to hear from you that you know we only actually need to take thousand micrograms two or three times a week to get our b12 it's not and actually too much isn't great for us either is that correct
1: Yes, uh, the B twelve is stored in the liver. It's uh, stored in our various tissues. We recycle it, uh, and we only need a couple of micrograms, or millionths of a gram, a thousand of those millionths grams is a lot of B twelve. Uh, you only need two three times a week should be plenty, uh, unless you're trying to uh, correct a deficiency. Or if you've got some pro- absorption problem, you've got Crohn's disease or something like that, there's something else. But normal, healthy folks like you, a uh, thousand micrograms of B12 a few times a week, it should be plenty. You won't get in trouble with that, no, no doubt. Oh, that's great Thank
2: to hear. You. Thank you for clarifying. I thought, yeah, if it's coming from you, then I'm going to go with that. I'm not going to go with all these other millions of little Yeah. On the internet.
0: So, um, no need. On uh, that sort of topic, um, the one other thing is protein. <laughs> The, the the p word that we hear all the time how much protein per gram you know is it we need a day like because people always if they they always ask us where you get the protein from and then if you give them the answer like just about every vegan knows where to get the protein from they then ask how much do you need are
2: you getting enough so, yeah so we're so supposed from, to be shoveling it in it
0: <laughs> from the doctor's mouth um how much would it be
1: all right, all right. Okay. So, um, the, again, you know, a <clears throat> bit of a long run-up on this. Um, all plant foods have protein. Nature can't make a, uh, a kernel of corn or a lettuce leaf without using all nine essential amino acids. Uh, all, all plant foods in their whole form have protein. And what it comes down to is that if you are eating enough whole plant foods to maintain your weight. If you're taking in 2,000 calories of whole plant foods, of rice and beans and greens and fruits and vegetables, if you're taking in 2,000 calories of that food, you can't help but getting 50, 60, 70 grams of high grade protein. It's in the plant foods, it's in the rice and the beans and the seeds and the lentils and the greens. It's in there, it's not an issue. In 45 years of medicine, I have never written a diagnosis of protein deficiency on, on, on a chart of, of any vegan, for sure, and no meat eater, but it's not an issue. Uh, and if you think that I have to have red meat to be healthy, big, and strong, ask any buffalo, ask any gorilla, ask any giraffe, ask any elephant. Uh, the most powerful animals on the planet build these thousands of pounds of muscle off plants because that's where the amino acids are growing out of the ground in the plant foods. And so, uh, and again, I'm sure you're making it available on your website, but there's this wonderful film called The Game Changers about all these magnificent plant-based athletes doing these fabulous uh, athletic feats on on whole plant uh, food diets uh so you do not have to eat a bowl to be as strong as one Uh that's for sure and uh so uh the answer yeah you, you everybody needs about 50 60 grams of protein actually truth is we uh, Honestly, good as biological means, the human body gets along fine on about 20 or 30 grams of protein a day. But they they build in this big cushion and their in their recommendations, all the government agencies, uh, to make sure that everybody's going to get enough. So they jack it up to 60 grams, 70 grams of protein, uh, and that's more than enough for everybody. And and again, it's it's in the whole plant foods. So eat enough of those whole plant foods. Uh, you can't do this on granola bars and energy drinks. You got to eat. You got to really eat the rice and the beans and the greens and fruits and vegetables. But if you do that, the protein takes care of itself. It's not really that an issue. Oh,
0: Thank you for clarifying that. I think
2: we've just got a couple more questions for you. Sure.
1: Oh, I'm enjoying it. Uh,
0: <laughs> so you've dedicated uh, decades of your career to educate people on why we shouldn't consume animals, and through the countless presentations and talks that you've given. You know your compassion always just shines through so brightly for the animals, and you know it even starts to bring a tear to my my blokey bloke eyes, you know. And um, you know, what do you believe is the one thing we should be doing to help create a better world, not just for us but the animals? You know, is there um, one focus that you have um, for trying to make that place better?
1: You yeah, know, at the risk of stating the uh, the obvious, uh, um you know, one of the first back in the '80s, when I was first opening my head and heart to the idea of being vegan, of of living a life without eating animals, without hurting them, without wearing them, without experimenting on them, they are, they have a right to be here and live their own lives out without me or any of my species you know, torturing them, cutting their heads off, doing all those things we do, and and. The thought that we could do this was revolutionary. Yes, a human being don't really need to be doing this, but then I saw a bumper sticker that just sealed the case, and you've probably seen it before. But it said, "Love animals, don't eat them." And and I let it. Say, I love animals. Everybody said, "Oh, everybody loves animals." Of course, I love animals. You know, who's going to say I hate animals? And but if you love animals, you don't eat them. And it just stopped. You know, that like case closed, you know, they're, they're start with that uh, and, and either, you know, make, make the logical argument or just set the example, not an issue, I don't eat them. I don't wear them. I don't want to cause their death. I want to pay for their death. Um, and, and every time you when in the restaurant, you say, I, I'll have the beef, I'll have the chicken, I'll have the veal, you are paying for the death of the animal and for the next one in line at the slaughter. And and we can't escape our, at least I couldn't escape my complicity in that, you know, there's the truth of it. And when I went to put on my leather shoes, I I felt ghoulish to me, like the skins of of, of humans. And if you really accept responsibility of what our purchases do, if was, we're pushing that cart down the supermarket, out, every time you put that container of Greek yogurt uh, or half and half cream there, you're saying take another calf away from its mother. You know, shoot another old dairy cow in the head. Uh, you know, keep, uh, pour more manure on the land. Uh, for, and, and I'll make myself sicker with, uh, with, the, with this baby calf growth foot. You know, and, uh, at this point, we need to take responsibility for our choices and our purchases. Um, if we do that, everything gets better from there. If, if we, the food producers, as we've seen, as these, as these mighty meat producers are buying, or start producing these impossible, they're buying Tyson's chicken, is starting to produce the, the plant-based uh, you know, products, they, they see it as well. Um, our ch- food, our buying cho- choices, are so powerful that if we just if we stop buying the stuff, they'll stop producing the stuff. They're just interested in making a profit. They will produce whatever we consume. And if we start buying those veggie burgers, no one's saying they're the bastion of health, but they're great transition foods. If we start buying those plant-based, the rice, and the beans, and the greens, et cetera, um, and we stop buying the meat, it'll disappear. You know, we don't have to say anything. No, no battle. We don't have to burn down any slaughterhouses. Just stop buying the stuff and eating it, and watch everything change from there. The earth will heal. The forests will come back. The soils will stabilize. The water will get pure again. Uh, Again, just for the expedience of choosing plant-based foods over animal-based foods. The the era of animal eating is over. Let's celebrate and uh, go for veggie burgers, and uh, we'll have a healthier world to pass on to our children.
2: Absolutely, okay. that would
0: be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for such a wonderful answer. I, I really look forward to the day when um, it's big kale is the big uh, global superpower. <laughs> so. Here,
1: here. Uh, uh, tofu made from Iowa soybeans. All right. That's the best uh, gourmet connoisseur soybeans from Iowa. You know, that's where, uh, you know, most, I'm joking, most of the soybeans are shoveled down the gullets of animals or raised in animal fodder. How nice if they're erasing it for, for human food. So someday if we demand it, they'll do it.
2: Yeah. They'll be here sooner than we think. And, um, I love what you said to, to rip recently as well about, you know, the course of human history was changed with a single blow of a cleaver when someone decided that they wanted to eat a bat, you know, and for, for generations we've been going where humans shouldn't be going, um, into those caves, pulling out those bats, you know, and, and people are, oh but it's okay. It, It doesn't, we're not contributing to that because we don't eat bats. Um, but as you said yourself, it's, this isn't the last of it,
1: you know. No, it's not. No, till we, till we finally get the message, uh, the, what the bats are telling us, what the pangolins are telling us, uh, we're not their food. They're not our food. <laughs> we're not theirs either. We, we should all be glad, Sarah. Everybody be out there.
2: Absolutely. Well, I have to say I'm, I'm a proud graduate of the, um, the E. Cornell Plant-Based uh, Nutrition Certificate. Um, Good for
1: you. Good for you
2: our lockdown that was a, a productive and, and very enlightening way to uh to spend it and I learned so much I thought I knew a fair bit already but for anyone you know I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, of the plant-based nutrition uh certificate and it was hugely enlightening and one of the things that I got from it most was it gave me a huge huge understanding of why you Doctors like yourself, um the the, the, uh, the Campbells of the world have been fighting so, so hard all these years and continue to just fight so hard. It's so important. You've already done so much. And like we've already said, you guys have to stay here forever. Um, but in the meantime, you know, just in case you want to break a wee holiday, how can we help you, um, you know, to assist oh. you in, in ensuring, you know, the education of future generations so you don't have to do it all on your own? <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. What a, what a delightful offer of music to my ears. Um, and again, uh, it's not an idle offer either. Uh, you are in this age of global intercommunication and technology, where with a click of a mouse you can spread ideas uh, around the world. Um, you. you by doing exactly what you're doing, keep doing these podcasts, keep it, putting the ideas in people's heads, set that example, uh, this is how it's done, this is how healthy you can be. Um, that's the best thing that you can do. Uh, but do um, keep making these uh, uh, the links available for people who want to learn more. Uh, again, the plant-based courses, um, it's wonderful that you took the Cornell course. The, uh, uh, they say, you know, what you know about, you see. Once you know about something, you start seeing it. And uh, when you take these courses, you understand health better, disease better, environment better. Um, I just took a six-week course uh, f- online at the University of Winchester in the UK. And I would urge your, um, uh, your viewers to Google University of Winchester uh, Plant-Based Nutrition Course. And it's a wonderful course, and for six weeks they cover all a lot of clinical things as far as various diseases and pregnancies and raising children, etc. And that will increase your uh, your depth of understanding even more. So um, there's there's all sorts of wonderful educational opportunities. Uh, PCRM uh, has wonderful educational materials. So so keep educating yourself and uh, take our course on mastering uh, plant-based clinical nutrition. And I'll be we'll be sending you the links. Uh, and if you get that out uh, to your uh, your listeners, as well as about our Moving Medicine Forward initiative, well, that would do me a great service. I'd be very appreciative.
2: Oh, we would love to do yeah. that. Yes, please do. And that that just brought a smile to my face. I was born and raised about 15 minutes from Winchester in the
1: UK. Oh, <laughs> look at there. Oh, they're they're doing wonderful work. Very visionary. I'm very impressed with them. And uh, you'll you'll enjoy. I'll send you the link. You'll enjoy looking through it.
0: So, um, I know um the Esons call you uh, a national treasure, but I must say you are a global treasure absolutely.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, thank you. you give me hope.
0: Well thank you so much is yeah.
1: absolutely.
0: See how red I am in the camera i'm I'm just sort of gushing. It's okay. you, uh,
2: <laughs> not for a big run or something have
1: uh, great. You, you stirred up all sorts of wonderful memories of my time in New Zealand. You have such a wonderful country, and you've all you've set an example for us, and uh, your prime minister, and uh, just the national approach to sanity and, and life is so, so beautiful. And that's a real national treasure to keep being sane and loving down there and show us how it's done. Uh, we've got a lot to learn from you folks.
2: Thank you
1: so much for your time. Is there anywhere else that we need to be sending our viewers? Um um, just send them to drclapper.com, and, uh, and as soon as they click on that website, they'll see uh, all the work that we're doing as well as our courses. So, uh, so just, just put up that, uh, that link, and uh, we'll take it from there. So thank you so much for getting this word out. You're just excellent interviewers. You're excellent hosts, uh, and you've got a, just got beautiful hearts that that's, emanates from you. It's so evident all the love that comes out of your eyes. So so keep doing this wonderful work that you're doing and we'll we'll make it a better world, no doubt.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview. We hope you found it informative and entertaining. To learn more about Dr. Michael Clapper's work, find him at drclapper.com. Once again, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms for future episodes. This has been Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals.